0: Good afternoon, Rich Nasek, Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Mohamed Doger. He is the Vice President, Head of Global Business Development and Ecosystem for Renesas. How are you doing, Mo?
1: Hi, Rich. I'm good. And you? Good to, good to talk to you again.
0: Same here. Yep, I definitely agree. And we're going right into your title. You are the head of global ecosystem for Renaissance. Um, let's start really high level. When, when we say ecosystem, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, it's about, you know, creating the environment and support infrastructure, basically for our customers to integrate uh, new, different technologies and accelerate their time to market. So it's about Working together broadly in the industry with the different technology experts.
0: Should the ecosystem come from somebody like Renaissance? Should it come from third parties? Should it come from a mix of you know all of the above? What's the right way to do this? If if I'm a developer,
1: yeah, absolutely. There are two parts to this. There's a you know core ecosystem, which is the technologies that Renaissance develop. We have to create the uh, you know environment, enabling environment, tools and software for customers to use. And what I call is a broader ecosystem, which is where other technologies that should work, you know, uh, holistically, you know, uh, in in a harmonious way with our technologies will come normally from third parties. So it's really, you know, it's a a combination of both uh, with the emphasis is more on the third party ecosystem, uh, you know, to make our engineers life easy.
0: How do you ensure that those third parties are um, doing the right thing for renaissance? you know, they don't really have a vested interest in helping you.
1: Yeah, I think more importantly, we need to take a step back and think, what is the problem we're trying to solve here, right? So ultimately, we need to have these embedded engineers in mind or engineers at large who want to add new technologies. They want to solve a certain problem, you know, and, and they they want to get there quicker. So, you know, it's important that, you know, that that objective is clear, right? It has to have a problem-solving a hand. It has to address specific design problems, address specific skill set gaps, and customer-centric approach. If you get that right, then the next thing what we do at Venasasa is, you know, we actually have a program called Venasasa Ready Partner Network, where we identify, you know, kind of the leaders and you know um, experts in specific technologies that uh, that will actually make their solutions, um, software building blocks, and others work on our platforms. Ultimately, accelerating that time to market for the engineers um so yeah i think that's that's where we need to to really emphasize on is the problem solving ability
0: how much of that ecosystem should be open source and this is obviously your opinion
1: yeah um i think i think it's you know what i say about open source is it's it's good that it's open source and it also brings this challenge when something's open source and how do you manage how do you maintain so i think it's got to be a a good balance right certain things which are more standard technologies you know i think it's good to encourage that open source and we are actively participating ourselves into different open source communities but there is new technologies you know which more complex technologies where customers is looking for you know more commercial grade more supported solutions then it has to be you know those uh, uh you know specific part third parties behind who can actually put their name to it and, and support the customer through their uh, development journey. So. It's not a I don't think it's uh, you know, we can spread it into the boxes, but I think the both has to coexist.
0: Okay. Uh curveball time. Uh, hmm. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, and you have a board seat on a company called Edge Access.
1: What's up with that? Yeah, it's Edge Cortex. I'm sorry, um, Edge, Edge Cortex. Edge, that's okay. Edge Cortex, yeah. So this is part of our, our journey to provide customers a seamless and more Comprehensive solution when they want to develop AI and machine learning for the edge. And uh, one of the areas where you know we want to accelerate and support our customers is heterogeneous compilation. So you can see a lot of these new um, products has you know neuromorphic engines, you know accelerators to accelerate the AI AI models and and the application that we do. So with that, you know, we've been working with Edge Cortex as a partner for, for, for a long time. And you know, we really, you know, have seen their technology works successfully at uh, multiple customers across the world. And we've taken the next step where we have uh, made an investment as a company into Edge Cortex. And the idea is to jointly work uh together with Edge Cortex, and they have an excellent engineering team to work together and provide a good tools software experience, you know, in terms of this. Heterogeneous compilation uh, architecture, but as well as really making the whole journey of adding AI ML from a development standpoint easy and help our customers.
0: Okay, yeah, I think you use the words AI and easy in the same sentence. Uh, that's not something you hear all that often. Um, it's it's still pretty hard. And so we we talked about the ecosystem. You know, let's let's dive down a little lower into the AI ecosystem. Uh, it isn't easy right
1: yeah yeah. i think you, you, you super so this is where i think the ecosystem and the right ecosystem are going to play a huge role we see these massive market numbers right when it comes to ai ml adoption and i think what's also fair to say i think is that we, most of our engineers are not data scientists you know, they, you know, they may not have all the expertise, you know, therefore the ecosystem has to play in a sense where make their development more, more easier, right? And so th- therefore the ecosystem has a major role. And for us, you know, we, you know, we have, we're looking at three dimensions when it comes to AI, ML, you know, real-time analytics, voice and vision, predominantly on the vision and voice, we have been, we have an extensive third-party partner network where we're working with different companies to add, for example, on the machine vision applications where you can develop a certain model to detect uh, a, a behavior in a in a manufacturing line, for example, or some security applications as well. So the, the partners are providing tools and the ways to optimize the models to run on these constrained devices. Similarly, on voice, you know, um, certainly um, COVID has really accelerated that adoption and we are now seeing industrial machines, IoT devices being controlled through uh, voice commands. And we're working with a number of partners there to really provide customers a, a complete solution there and one of the new things uh, we are supporting there is natural language understanding on some of our newer devices so yeah it's uh certainly an important part for ecosystem and making that journey easy as you as you rightly hint
0: i like that you said it you make it easier you don't make it easy you make it easier and i think that's a pretty important distinction um and and the other thing that you said that i definitely agree with is that uh ai is not the application and that's where people often get headed in the wrong direction you have an application that can take advantage of ai to help enable that application whereas you still have to develop for that end application you're not developing for ai and we 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 talk about that a lot lately
1: absolutely and i think the way again we got to think about it is when you know in my role you know i'm, I'm visiting a customers almost every 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 day and what we see is the customers are not going to change their hardware just because they want AI to their application. So they're looking for they have a certain problem they want to solve. I mean, you know, I will give you an example. Lately, we have a customers, a power tool customer, who wants to better control the discharging of their or the battery. So if we can control the thermal temperature inside that inside that battery pack and actually make a certain predictions and 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 prevention, then the, the battery discharge and charging can be more 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 accurate so there's some real world application that really where we we can deploy these uh these uh, technologies into these those, those applications that we know uh, that are here to stay
0: as a guy who uses a lot of battery powered uh power tools i sure hope you can make some advances there because that sucker always seems to run out at the wrong time
1: <laughs> absolutely this is always happened whether you you know whether you're doing some using something at home or uh, or industry, absolutely. And it's a uh, I think the whole battery technology I think is going through a big evolution, right? Whether it's EV, whether it's uh, you know the tools that we use, and I do think the more you know, I think here I do feel the AI is going to is going to add some value, right? Because a lot of the time the the optimum use of that tool uh, or that equipment uh, and and how the battery's being you know charged and discharged, for example, apart from the technologies. Advances that we have seen, I think it's gonna it's gonna give that extended life and, uh, and get a better better efficiency that uh, that uh, that is needed.
0: And in fairness, you would not be adding a whole lot to the bill of materials of a product like that, right? I mean, a, a dollar.
1: Well, to be honest, not even that. It's a lot, a lot of the cases actually AI is helping to reduce the bill of material, right? You know, uh, you know. I'll give you an example. Um, we we recently developed an application with an appliance customer who had. Um, an accelerometer, uh, you know, to detect the unbalanced load condition of of their appliance, and that that uh, sensor was alone around two two dollars. But with the with our reality AI, you know, we developed a, a solution an algorithm for them to, to detect that using you know standard voltage and current uh, you know variations, and we were able to remove that sensor. So actually, you know, um, it's all about adding value and adding you know them to add more services. So shouldn't be a, a additional bill of material cost uh, in most cases of course in some way you need more resources especially in the vision applications you need more horsepower you need more memory utilization you need maybe uh, you know more cloud resources to train on yes they will be that will be measured against what they what value they bring to their customers uh, but yeah well especially in the in the predictive uh, maintenance applications you know real real end endpoint applications I think we should be able to optimize with the material. Certainly from Renaissance with our reality Eye solution is what we, what we are offering to our customers. That's
0: awesome. Thank you very much, Mal. Thank you, Rich. Nice talking to you. That was Mohammed Doger. He is the vice president and the head of global business development and ecosystem at Renaissance, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.